Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at Deal to Heal Teas. That myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418. Make a one-time donation to the Cash App or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill. Deal with your problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, Make sure you subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, to our Facebook page, and to our uh, uh, podcast on Spotify. Um, definitely on our YouTube. We're trying to get those numbers up. Um, we know that you guys listen because we see the numbers, but you oftentimes forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. So, again, I'm asking you guys to subscribe. And also, I'm going to tell you guys how you can win $100 from the podcast, uh, but you got to stay until the end to get that information. Um, but uh, our next segment that uh, I just started and I uh, want to do just to let you guys know is uh, our product of the week. So our product of the week that we have is uh, our ebook. Uh, you guys probably can't see it that good. Uh, it's an ebook and it's called Forgiving Me, The Four Steps to Self-Forgiveness. Uh, it is available at uh, ebooksbyejames.com, uh, which is my website for the ebook that I have available. Um, this uh, ebook deals with us being able to forgive ourselves because oftentimes we make decisions uh, in the moment. And when we get a little farther down the line in time, we realize that those uh, the results of those decisions didn't necessarily work out the way that we expected them to. And therefore, sometimes we hold, hold grudges against ourselves for those decisions because we should have known better. You know, we shouldn't have did that. We should have did something else. Uh, but hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And so in this uh, ebook, I talk about being able to forgive yourself uh, by looking at um, the four steps uh, that I give you to be able to forgive yourself for past mistakes and also use those same four tools as a uh, template for making future decisions uh, that you won't have any regret for. So again, that's Forgiving Me ebook that is available at e -james, uh, ebooks by ejames.com. So make sure you guys are checking uh, that out. So that is our product for the week. All right. So again, thank you guys for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And today, just like any other day, we are blessed with the guest, Mr. Kimball. How are you doing? I'm good, Ernest. Thanks for having me. 
No problem, no problem. First of all, let me say thank you for being here because uh, you could have been doing anything else, but you're here with me and my listeners, and I definitely appreciate it. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, uh, do me a favor, introduce yourself uh, to my listeners and tell us who you are and what it is that you do. So my name is Kimball Lewis, and I'm the CEO of a company called Empowering Parents. And we're, we're essentially a website, empoweringparents.com. And we are the home of something called the Total Transformation Program, which is a parenting program for parents who have kids that are defiant, out of control. Parents come to us, they, they say they're, they're at their wits end. And so our entire purpose is we evangelize this program. And the program was put together by a gentleman named James Lehman. And it was one of the hottest parenting programs in the, in the uh, early to late 2000s. Um, unfortunately, James Lehman passed away uh, before his time. But what we're doing is we're carrying on his legacy. And he had this just fantastic approach for dealing with, with uh, parents that have kids that are very defiant, unruly, obnoxious, dealing with, with lots of really tough issues. And so we're keeping his, his message alive. We're keeping his program alive and um, making it available and accessible to, to parents through empoweringparents.com. All right. All right. So how, how was it that you uh, came to be, you know, the person in the forefront now? So how, how was it that you came to be either, first of all, just even involved with uh, the movement and then that what kind of led to you being the, the spokesperson, so so to speak, now. Yeah. So so I'd like to say that I had everything planned out in my life. I knew exactly where things were going, but but mm -hmm. uh, didn't doesn't work out that way. Right. God God has has various plans, and I you know I spent the first I spent the first uh, few years of my career working in Washington D.C. for uh, some think tanks doing research on um, a lot of child welfare issues, foster care issues, that type of stuff. So I was I was, I was in that world of 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 um, uh, social policy research and policy research. Uh, but I, my, my life took sort of a technical turn and I ended up in healthcare and doing healthcare uh, analytics and healthcare technology type stuff for about 15 years doing startups, that kind of thing. And um, about 2015 or so, uh, this opportunity came available where an old acquaintance of mine reached out to me and he was the he was the 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 marketing and business person behind James Lehman and the Total Transformation Program. And James Lehman had passed away recently. And you know this was this was the early this was like 2015 or so. And and most of the programs that that point had been like books and DVDs and 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 that kind of stuff. That's not how people get content now, as you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they get it through podcasts. They get it through through other stuff. So so. My my acquaintance who was had been running the company, he was a sort of a media guy and, and knew how to like buy and sell media and put this stuff out there with call centers and stuff using traditional radio and television. That's not where the world is today. People don't listen to the radio or even television the way they used to. So, right. so he needed to get, he wanted James, we had incredible following. We had half a million parents have used this program and, um, needed a way to get it out there. And he was not a technology guy. So, and I had spent, I had spent 20 years in technology and I had this background from, from all of my, you know, social policy research from, from years ago. And he asked me to come in and take over the company and, and convert it so that you can consume this content and get everything through our website at empoweringparents.com. And it's, it's all online now. It's like a learning management system. You, you can log in and, and follow through the programs. And we actually have online coaching where you can, you know, a lot of times when you're dealing with kids that have Behavior problems, it's hard to talk to your relatives about it and your friends about it. There's always like a judgmental thing going on. And mm -hmm. it's not it's not always the parents, you know, I'm gonna say it's not always, it's usually not the parents' fault. It's the it's the child who has the issue. Um, and it just you just get a tough kid. Some kids are hard, and it's not the parents' yeah. fault. And <laughs> and we know it because we have a lot of parents that have two kids that were, you know, pretty easy, and one of them's just hard. That's not their fault, you know. So anyway, yeah. so we um you know, we have we have a place for them to come now where they can learn the techniques of dealing with specifically with these kids that are really difficult and they log on and they can talk to one of our coaches. So so that's what I was getting at. So it's not it's hard to talk to your family and other folks about this kind of stuff. You know, if you're lucky, you have someone you can without being judgmental or them not thinking that you're a horrible parent. And that's why your kid's acting out. 
Right. Uh, so, so we provide coaching services as well. And you can talk to one of our coaches, you know, you set up phone calls. So we have this whole integrated with a program where you go through this learning program. You can also talk to this, one of our coaches and talked about, you know, what you're struggling with. How do you, you know, we might, we might talk about this later, but one of the things we do is, is um, how do you put together a menu of effective consequences? You know, you want to be thoughtful about consequences because kids, you know, when they, when they act out and do things they're not supposed to be doing, there needs to be a consequence, but Right. Well, not all consequences are created equal. So we work with them on on what's what is the appropriate consequence that's going to work for for your child over time, and and avoid the ones which are not effective. There's a lot of stuff that parents do that's just not effective, and you want to avoid doing those things as well. So we're a place for all that. And we have so we have a website. We have hundreds of free articles, and I have a writing background also. So I did a lot of the writing for the for the articles as well. And we get you know we get about half a million visitors a month to our to our website so we have tremendous website traffic people read our articles but ultimately what we want them to do is to to invest a couple of months time to to completing this program the total transformation program which is a will give them the basis for dealing with these behavior issues and they'll look at it differently they'll look at their parenting differently and they'll look at their child differently in a sort of a more effective way so that's why we exist that's how that's why I'm here and it's been a great it's been a great journey it's been it's been uh, almost seven years now. So, okay, okay. So I, I do kind of remember uh, hearing about the total transformation. I, I that definitely rings a bell. Oh, you him. remember it? He was all over the air. Yeah, he was, yeah. He, he was all yeah. over the airwaves and all fifty states. Yeah, on the on the radio. Yeah, so I, I definitely remember hearing it. Um, uh, I'm in the transition phase. Uh, so by the time that that this airs, my daughter, who is my youngest child. Uh, and my only biological child will have just turned 20. Um, so I'm kind of out of the teenage phase now, yeah. you know, uh, but which is, brings own, it brings its own <laughs> problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's one thing for you have teenagers and then it's another thing when they become young adults. And now it's, it's just, it never stops. You know, the parenting never stops. It just goes yeah. through phases. So now yeah. it's on True. to the next phase. Um, but I, I, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to have you on, uh, for two reasons, right? Because even though, uh, from my, uh, viewpoint, your work, um, aims more at, you know, children, teenagers, maybe, um, what I found that some of the, at least to me, some of the, the same behavior problems that our children have, our adults have because they didn't fix them when they were children, you yeah. know, so you get those same uh, behavior problems, same uh, ideas of, of acting out, so to speak, um, and our young adults and sometimes our older adults because it was never addressed, uh, you know, when they, were, when they were younger. And so I want to have this conversation, you know, of course, to ad address it, you know, how we address our children moving forward, but also just to be able to point out some of the things that I believe will still help you know, our young adults also, because I think those, those, uh, uh, you know, the remedies will still help once they're put into place, you know, once it's been addressed. And so that was one of the things, reason why I wanted to have you on for those two reasons, you know, to address, uh, you know, correcting the behaviors in our children, but also, you know, correct, <laughs> correcting some of the behaviors in our young adults and older adults too. I'm really glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Ernest, because so our traditionally, our sweet spot was adolescents and teenagers. You see that you can tell, you can tell who's going to be the tough kid probably yeah. when they're two or three, like you just kind of know, but when they're, when they're, um, you know, when they're five, six, seven, eight, th those ages, you know, they might be, they might be trouble a little bit, but they don't really have too many responsibilities in life. So it's like mm -hmm. their troubles kind of more annoying than anything else. But when you hit teenage years, you, a, the kids get, you know, their hormones are going crazy. They actually get worse. And they have responsibilities they need to meet through school and some other stuff. And that's when that's when parents come to us because that's when it's just it gets becomes intolerable. But more and more and more, especially over the last five years or so, of the of the parents coming to our website have what we call um, uh, young adults living at home. Adult we call them adult children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're they're 20, 21, 22, they're still at home and they're not. And not not home just because they're trying to save a little bit of money or something. They're home because they can't support themselves. Right. And they're doing the same stuff they were doing as teenagers. And they claim they're adults. They say, I'm an adult. You can't tell me what to do. Oh, by the way, pay for my cell phone bill. Pay for all right. my food. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so, but that's our biggest, that's 
like that's so, such a huge part of our our business now are these are these young adults we actually have to draw the line at a certain age and we yeah. we actually draw the line at 25 right yeah it's a little, <laughs> it's a little bit arbitrary but but there's there's there becomes a point at which you're not really the parent because if the, if your child's 30 they're not they really are an adult and if yeah. and we tell yeah. you know if they're living at home still we, we're kind of like well you kind of have a roommate problem <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, so, and so and that's why I mean I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was gonna say, but but under age 25, there's still this parent-child relationship where the parents, the authority in the household. That's a big part of what we do, which is that it's the parents' household. They're the authority. They get they get to make the rules. You know, maybe that maybe you don't always agree with what the rules are or whatever. And until the child is has has the skills and ability to move out and make it on their own, like they they have to abide by the the rules of the house. And especially especially as the kids get older into their 20s. We recommend the parents treat their kids as if they're a guest. Mm -hmm. What would you tolerate with a guest in your house? And there's a point at which a guest becomes not a good guest and you're like, they got to go. So anyway, but we can, we can talk about some of that too, but, but I'm just glad you brought that up because, because this, these issues that, that haven't been resolved flow into the early twenties and, and, right. um, and the kids are still at home and they're still causing a lot of problems for the parents. Yeah, and so and that's why I, I wanted to bring it up because I am kind of in that in that spot now, right? So my daughter is my only biological child, um, and she's like I said, by the time that this airs, she'll be just to make twenty, and she's the youngest of my five children. I have four stepsons, um, who are still under twenty-four, but in those early twenties, you know, and uh, with me, you know, dealing with them, and also. Um, just other people that I know that's in the same realm now where our children are, are making that transition, you know, into, you know, young adults. And, you know, one of the things that you said, you know, with, uh, you know, I'm adult now and, you know, how, how they think, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And I always say, if you have to announce it, then you're not there yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you have to remind people that you're an adult, then it's probably because you're not acting like an adult. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, one of my things I always say, the two things um, that I, and I teach it to my children and also uh, to my mentees and my uh, male mentoring group, is the two things that makes an adult is respect and responsibility. When you can master those two things, then you've officially made that transition. You know, and the hard part that we're finding <clears throat> which why, like I said, I wanted to have you on because it, it affects our teenagers and our young adults is that responsibility piece, you know, to be able to be responsible for the things that you're supposed to be responsible for, you know, and making that, that transition. Um, and so that's kind of, like I said, why part of why I wanted you to be yeah. on, because I believe that, that they go hand in hand, you know, and like you even just admitted yourself that, yeah, it is transitioning into those, you know, early uh, uh, 20s, you know, young adult years, uh, especially if we don't catch it early enough, you know, and don't kind of address some of the behaviors yeah. early enough. And so uh, let's let's go back a little bit, um, just dealing with, you know, the, the kids as they're, you know, like you said, early, when they're early, you kind of tell which ones is going to be tough, yeah. right? You know, and I remember, uh, and, and I often talk about my brother on, on the podcast. My brother is literally one year and 11 days younger than me, right? So my birthday is May 1st. His, May, his birthday is May 11th. He was born one year after me. And we are like complete opposites, right? And so uh, it was nine of us, nine kids with, with my mom and dad. And uh, he's the middle child. Uh, I'm the oldest boy, but he's the middle child. Um, but we're just the opposite. Right. And so, you know, his thing was he was just that child that always looked for the bad. You know what I mean? And yeah. he even talks about it. He was like, hey, that's just what I wanted to do. Like out of nine kids, we got that one that just like he's going this way. You know what I mean? Everybody else is going the right way, but he's just going to go that way. And, you know, and same, that was same, 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 and same parents. Right. Same parents. Yeah. Same it's not parents, like same household, household, same everything. And that kid's different. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he that's... was just that kid that's like, I'm going to go my own way. And so I, I brought that up because like you said, you know, with when you have a child uh, that's kind of, you know, different, you know, as, and you mentioned about sometimes feeling like, okay, is there something wrong with my parenting when not necessarily because, I mean, if you got 
if everybody else is going the right way, then it may just be that that kid. And so you can't necessarily take it personal as a, a parenting issue when it may be just be a personality issue because that kid just wants to, wants to go his own way. You know, that what, what you're describing is is so critical to the total transformation program that we have. And, and one of the things that we say is don't blame yourself for your child's behavior because a lot of parents come to us with a lot of guilt about where their child is, like they've done something mm-hmm. wrong. And we explain to them, look, there's more effective or less effective things you could be doing, but your child is the one who did those behaviors. And don't blame yourself for it. The guilt's not helpful. It's not effective. What you want to do is you want to keep the accountability on your child. Your child's the one responsible for their behavior, not you. Mm-hmm. And and when you take and a couple things happen when you take blame for their behavior. One is one is you 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 become racked with guilt and and you won't give them consequences because you think they're acting out because of something you did or didn't do as a parent. So why would you punish them even further for something that you were doing lacking as a parent? So we don't believe that. We say, keep the responsibility on the child. It's the child's behavior, not your behavior. And then what happens, and then another thing that happens is the child, these kids are manipulative. Mm-hmm. The, the founder of our program, James Lehman, spent <laughs> several years in prison. He was a bad kid. He was a bad mm-hmm. kid who turned things around, went to, went to Fordham uh, University in New York, got his master's degree at Boston University. Became a became a social worker and counselor in group homes for 30 years, but he started out in prison. I mean, he started out bad. And he knows, like kids, if if you're acting guilty and, and holding yourself responsible and blaming yourself for your kids' behavior, a lot of these kids recognize that and they'll use it against you. They'll manipulate yeah. you. And then third of all, this is even worse, worse than a manipulation, is some kids come to believe honestly, in their heart of hearts, that the reason that they can't behave properly is because their parents failed them. Mm. And now they have a complete scapegoat. Anytime they do something bad, they believe it's not their fault. In fact, they believe that they're not capable of learning how to live a responsible and respectful life because they didn't have the parent that they ought to have had. And we, we just say, no, there's only one person in the entire world who can change this. And it's the child. The child, and the, so the child has to be held accountable. You can't blame yourself for it. We counsel parents: look, there's a there are effective things you can do and things to avoid, but don't take responsibility for it. When your child is in the middle of their kitchen, looking at you, you know, 15 year old girl, look at you in the eye and says, "F you, mom," screaming at you. That child knows that they're not supposed to do that. They had right. a choice to make at that moment, and they chose not to. And if you turn around and blame yourself and said, oh, the only reason she's saying that to me is because I just was not a good parent, then that's that doesn't help the situation at all. So, you know, we're very yeah. adamant about that, that that the responsibility and what would the terms you said, responsibility and, and respect, and respect that those two things. You you can coach your child to that, but the child has to be the one that, that yeah. learns to develop those things. So as a parent, you're a teacher and a coach, but you can't play the game for them. They're the only ones that can play that game that can learn how to do that. You know, yeah. you can't you can't go to the gym and work out for your child and expect your child's muscles are going to grow. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So so yeah. we tell parents that because but and, and you laugh, but but so many parents come to us racked with guilt that they they were the problem. The reason that their child is difficult and doing all this is because they're just not a good parent, and it's not it's yeah. just not right. It's not effective. Yeah, and even so, and even with that, especially with me dealing with my sons. That was one of the things that I that I often had to tell them, like, I can tell you what to do. I can teach you what to do, but you're not going to get it until you start doing it. You know, and I talked to them about responsibility, you know, because I'm like, OK, you have things, especially as a, as a man, a young man. Eventually, you're going to be, you know, somebody's going to be dependent on you. First of all, you are to be dependent on yourself to be able to take care of yourself. But then if you get a girlfriend, if you have children, you start a family. Now you have other people that's depending on you also. So you have to be able to be responsible for, you know, your actions, but also for responsible for the things that you're, you know, in charge of. But the thing with responsibility, you it's not a switch. You can't just turn it on and turn it off. You learn to do it by doing it. You know, that's the only way you're going to get into the habit of becoming a person who can be depended upon is by being a person who can be depended upon. But you got to start now. You got to start with taking out the garbage every day because that's your job, you know, or whatever the thing is. And so you have to start. 
because that's the only way you're going to get it. You can, you don't just wake up today and say, okay, I guess I'll start being responsible now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I'll start being accountable for my actions now. You know, like, no, it, it's a process that you have to learn, you know, and you only learn it by, by doing it, you know? So I'm, I'm glad that you, you brought that up. So, and it, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I, I think I found my new James Lehman, Ernest. We should talk after the show because you're preaching, <laughs> <laughs> you're preaching exactly what, what he's teaching, which is that behavior and good behavior and responsibility is a skill. It's mm -hmm. learnable. It takes practice. Parents have to realize that also it takes practice yeah. that if you have a child who's struggling with these things, that they don't have the problem solving skills to be responsible and respectful, that it's a process to get there. You got to help them through it. And you can't expect that one's consequence and then and problem solved. It's, it's, it's going to take a while, especially when they get older. These are deep seated habits that need to be changed. Yeah, um, yeah. But you're right. It's 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 learn. It's completely learnable. We have we have you know, we have so much hope for the parents to come with us because we see so many of these things be turned around and, and get much better because these kids can learn it. They all can learn it. They all can learn to be responsible and respectful. They just have to be given, they need, they need a little bit of coaching, but the responsibility needs to be put on them. Yeah. And, and I, um, I think one of the, one of the things that we have now um, that are, at least me, and this is speaking from, from a parent, from, from my point of view, that I think one of the things that that I see is that we're dealing with a generation that is so emotional. You know what I mean? It's like they're so emotional and everything is almost uh, feelings based all the time. So it's, it's like, how do I feel? You know what I mean? And so everything is off how I feel instead of, you know, necessarily. And, and I would say just dealing with, uh, again, going back to how, how teaching my sons, you know, even with your emotions, you got facts and you got feelings. And you got to learn how to deal with the facts. You might feel a certain way, but you have to react according to the facts because the facts don't change. Your feelings are change, but the facts don't change. And I think that, you know, a lot of times, even with, with our behavior, with our kids, you know, a lot of times it's, it's how I feel, you know. And I know one of the things that you you talk about is learning to, uh, you know, feel your your behavior can't go on your fear. I, I don't know exactly your words. I can't feel words in your mouth, but I know it's kind of similar, I, something like that. So just tell us. A little you want me to talk about that? I can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So part of part of the reason that you know every generation says, you know, what about kids these days? But it really has gotten a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's got it's it's gotten it's gotten out of hand a little bit. And and you know what? It's it's. You know, for, for 20, 25 years, and James Lehman talks about this. He was talking about it 20 years ago when it was not popular. Luckily, luckily he's dead, so no one can cancel him, right? Because <laughs> <Right. 'cause laughs> he's already God canceled him. God canceled him 10 years ago. So so he so he when you listen to him, he's able to say what truth. And he said, he said, he said 20 years ago, he goes, the esteem movement in this country is gonna ruin kids. When you when you start saying the reason yet you don't behave well is because your self-esteem is low, he goes, that is not the right approach. He says, he says, true. It's possible and and likely that kids that, are, that have the severe behavior problems also have self-esteem problems. And they might be related. He goes, but never once in the history of the world have I ever seen a child who has acting out behaviors who you treat them by trying to raise their esteem. And suddenly they behave better. He goes, it doesn't work that way. He goes, what really works is you teach them how to behave better and their esteem goes up. When they mm -hmm. learn how to solve problems, when they learn how to respect, become respectful, their esteem goes up. Kids that don't have any respect at all have low self-esteem, but that's not because, but people got cause and effect backwards. The reason they don't, yeah. the, the reason they have low self-esteem is because they don't know how to treat people respectfully. If they have the skill of treating people respectfully, their esteem will go up. If they have the skill of learning responsibilities, their esteem will go up. So James Lehman famously said that, that you can't feel your way to better behavior, but you can behave your way to better feelings. And the focus needs mm -hmm. to be on the behavior. And he goes, he saw it all the time where you, you, you coach a kid, through through coaching and consequences to learn how to solve their problems more effectively without abusing and hurting other people and their esteem rises as a result and when and when you drive down the highway it doesn't say speed limit 70 as long as you're feeling good about yourself if right. you feel like crap about yourself today and you're angry at someone you can drive 90 go at it, it does not say that it's 70 whether you're feeling good or bad or indifferent and 
And whether you're feeling good or bad about yourself, it doesn't matter. You should not stand in the middle of your kitchen and say, F you mom, right into her face. That's not appropriate, right. no matter what. So the goal, the goal is appropriate behavior, no matter how you're feeling. Because there's ups and downs in life. And, and to just write that off as, as, oh, I'm feeling down. Now that gives me license to, to abuse other people in my life, my siblings, my parents, my teachers, all that other stuff. So he, he yeah. said not 20 years ago, he said, nonsense. That's not this esteem thing is, is not helpful. What we need to do is teach kids how to behave and how to solve problems and become respectful and responsible in their lives. And that's the key. That's the key to the whole thing. And it's doable. And that's achievable actually. Yeah. Telling a kid who'd learned how to tie his shoe when he was 10 years old, like, oh, great job tying you. You learned how to tie your shoe is not helpful because, A, it's not impressive if a 10-year-old can tie their shoe. A three-year-old yeah. is impressive, but telling some kid who has almost no skills that he's excellent at something is not going to be helpful, right? right? What you want him to do is learn how to do something that's hard and teach yeah. them and show them the process. And when they've learned how to do something that's hard, then they will actually develop real esteem. Yeah, so, and, I, and I think that with even with esteem – you know, as as I feel that you're, you know, feel the same way just by from what you just said. Esteem is built on how, uh, how can I say this? Esteem is built on what you feel yourself that you're capable of achieving, basically, right? And when you don't feel that you can achieve certain things, that's where your self-esteem goes down because it's like, okay, I can't do this or I can't you know, be this or whatever it is. And so in that area, that's where your esteem begins to go down. But when we are empowered by what we can achieve and what we can do, then that, you know, lifts us up. Yeah. And so again, like you said, when you're, when you're focusing on the, on the, the feelings part of it, that your feelings change from moment to moment, you know what I mean? So if you're yeah. trying to build it on that, that's, that's never going to work. You know, I, I remember uh, talking to a friend of mine and helping her with one of her sons, um, because for whatever reason, he was just really defiant with her, you know what I mean? But when he would go to his friend's house or, you know, different places, the, and the, he would come back and the parents would bring him back home. They'd be like, oh, he's so respectful. He's so, you know, and, but when he got home to her, you know what I mean? He was like a whole nother child. And, you know, and then again, going back to, you know, with the parents feeling some type of way, like they they failed their child in some way. I said, you know, begin to talk to her like, no, that's not you. That's him. Because obviously, if he can behave outside of your house, then he can behave inside your house, you know, but it's just going to take some adjusting. Uh, definitely, first of all, with you as a parent before it, it goes to him, you know, and, and I used to always say, you know, and, and I even especially as adults, I tell women, when I talk to a lot of women, uh, a man is going to do exactly what you allow him to do, right? <laughs> and that man, mm -hmm. or should I say a male, however you want to say it, is going to do exactly what you allow him to do. And it doesn't matter that he may be your son. You know what I mean? He's going to do what you allow him to do. Whatever he feels he can get away with, he's going to get away with it. And once he knows, okay, that mom is going to, you know, allow me, like, push those boundaries, then he's going to push it because he knows he can get away with it. You know, but you as the parent have to build those boundaries and set those lines up, you know, of, of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable uh, for you. And then you have to uphold yeah. it, you know. And I know one of the things that you talk about is, you know, setting the consequences. We definitely can get into that because I think that's part of the reason, too, because one, <laughs> one of the problems my friend had was, you know, let's just deal with chores with telling her, her uh, kids to do something. And then when they didn't do it, then it was like, you know what? I'll just do it. I said, no, because once they figure that out, they're never going to do it. It's like, yeah, mom's going to fuss. She's going to yell. But then well, about five minutes later, she's going to go do it. Okay, we'll deal with the yelling. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no, you, you can't do that. Because once they figure it out that, oh, she's going to go do it, then you've already lost. <laughs> you've already lost the battle because they've already won because they figured it out. Well, so, so that child had a responsibility, had a, had a problem. So we just, we, we call it, the child has a problem. The problem is the child's not sure how to meet a responsibility. And so that child said, Oh, I'm going to try Here's, here's a technique I'm going to use. I'm going to act out and say no and be defiant. And then lo and behold, my mother does it for me. Problem solved. That's why, that's why they, it worked. It actually worked. So, so they actually solved their problem by acting out. And, but that's not, 
effective problem solving and it doesn't work right. well when you get into the real world. Mm -hmm. It might work with your parents. And as life gets more and more complicated, if your go-to way to solve your problems is to act out, you're going to have to act out more and more and more to solve the more and more complex problems mm -hmm. you face as you become an adult. But, but the acting out is a problem solving skill. They've, and it actually works. That's why they do it. You know, a tantrum will get you a candy bar. And, and when you get the candy bar from the tantrum, you, you learn, oh, and in fact, you don't even have to do tantrums anymore. All you have to do is look at your mom in the eye in a certain way. And, and you give that look like I'm about to explode in this, in this <laughs> supermarket, if you don't right. give me what I want. And the mother's like, oh crap. Okay, quick. Here's the candy bar. Even before you ask, <laughs> and they don't even have to get to that point. And, and now, and now, you know, instead of the, the parent running the household, the child's running the household. So, yeah. and the other, the other thing I want to comment on was, which is, I love that you were talking about the, your friend who's, whose child's an angel outside the house, but at home is it's not yeah. good. The, the first thing, you know, if she's in our coaching program, the first thing I'd say to her is, is you should be thankful. Like you're lucky. Like, and, and, and that's the case most of the time. Most of the parents come to us. That's the issue is that they have problem with mom and dad at home but they, they tend to behave okay in school. Like they're not getting suspended all the time or whatever. So if, if it's you, they're having the problem with that's good news because that is really solvable. A few techniques here and there, you change your approach a little bit. We can make, we, we have such high, you know, we're almost a hundred percent on fixing that problem. The other type, the other problem, which we get, it's not, thank God it's not as often. It's like maybe 10% of the cases that come to us are the ones where the child is defined at home. They're defined at school. They're defined with the police. They're defined with everyone. That's that's more that's more difficult to deal with. We work with those parents as well, and there are techniques that work really well to turn those kids around as well. But if the child's generally behaving outside the home, and you're having a problem with them, that's that's good news. So I would say that's good news for your friend. Pretty much what you said, which is that which is that you just have to figure out how to work that relationship. You know, the child knows how to behave. Right. So. So that's always a good news story for us. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's an easy one. Not easy. I mean, none of this is easy, right? Right. <laughs> but <laughs> easy or <but> relative. <laughs> yes. But in the, you know, like, let's say you're going to the dentist, like that's an easy feeling. That's not a root canal. <laughs> right. So it's not like it's easy. You know, you enjoy, you know, you still have to go through the process, but yeah, it's, but, but that trans, that transformation is likely to be total and it, and it won't be that tough. Some of the other ones are more are more challenging. James Lehman, the author of the program, was more challenging. He ended up in prison. He ended up, you know, he ended up with you know serious substance abuse problems, and he's lucky he's alive. Um, and and um, but he's alive for a reason. And the reason he was alive was he was kept alive because he has you know God granted this mission, which is that he was going to learn how to deal with kids like himself, and then teach parents how to do that. So, yeah, yeah, and so. That brings up another thing uh, that you mentioned a little while ago that I, I want to hit on, which is the consequences consequences of the behaviors, right? And so, like you said, James Lehman ended up, you know, being in, in prison for some of the consequences for his behaviors, you know. And so, you know, there's always consequences for what we do. Um, but you mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes the consequences. Uh, don't equal the offense, sort of. Those, those are my words. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not equal. And so, you know, we have to make sure that the consequences match or at least uh, the consequences will lead us in the direction of where we want the child to go, you know. And so one of the things that uh, I believe you you talked about is, you know, you can't punish your child into better behavior, I think is the wording that mm -hmm. it is. So let's talk a little bit about that because I know, you know, even like I said, me growing up, it was, it was nine of us, you know, and all of us have different uh, personalities, you know? And like I said, I, I always talk about my brother because we are like, you know, the good son and the bad son. So we was like total opposites. Yeah. Uh, so how my parents, or I just say my mom and, 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 and more directly, how she treated us was a little different as we got older, you know what I mean? Um, she was more, she was patient with all of us, but probably a little more patient with him than she had to be with me because she didn't have to be patient with me because yeah. I pretty much was, you know, went my way. Um, so the consequences and the, the things that we put in place have to kind of be definitely be tailor-made per child 
Um, but again, like you said, you know, and in, in most cases, in some cases, you, you can't punish the child into behaving the way that you want them to behave. Yeah. So talk to us a, a little bit about that concept. So, so with, with consequences, I'm going to start with what you don't want your consequences to be. Uh, you don't want them to be a punishment. You want them to be something to learn. You want to learn from your consequences. And so when I say not a punishment, I'll give, you, give an example. Long-term grounding, grounding for a week or a month is not effective. It, it teaches your child something, but it only teaches them one thing. It teaches them how to do time. And you don't want your child to be good at that. You don't want them to gain the skill of being able to do time for a month being grounded. That's not useful. So we tell parents, we, we want our consequences to be short-term, task-oriented, and time-limit-based. So, so when I say short-term and task-oriented, let's say, let's say you, you haven't done your chores. The consequence is you lose, you lose your electronics. You unplug it, or you take the phone away, you do whatever until the chore is done. And just hold on to it. And the, the, the consequence is over when the child deci decides that the consequence is over. They finish the chores and then you hand their phone back. And then and then the, then the slate's clean at that point. And they do it again. You take it away until they get their chores and you be consistent. It might take a while. It might take a few tries. But but again, they'll they'll start linking it and they'll learn that when they complete a chore, they get their electronics back. Another one is, let's say you have siblings. One hit One hits the other sibling continually. You take away the electronics, you take away something of importance to them, or they lose some type of privilege until they can go three hours without hitting their sister or calling her names. And if they can if they can learn to do it for those three hours and they're being pretty decent, then they get their thing back. And then and then you do it, then you start all over again. When you have a long-term consequence, you bankrupt your child. You take away everything from them. They have you have nothing left to take away. There's nothing worse than dealing with a kid who has nothing to lose. If you're ever dealing with someone who has nothing to lose, you're not in a good place to be. You never want to never want to get into a fight with someone who has nothing to lose. You're gonna, right. right? You're gonna. It's not a good place to be. So, so you want to you want to get those things back into your child's hands so that you can take it away again. And you want you want it to be a learning experience, which is they lost something for a little while, but they learned how to gain it back. And so that's that's and it varies with child. Depends on what they like or don't like or whatever. But you want to be thinking short term, task oriented. How do we get it back to it? And sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to know exactly what's going to be a good one. So like in the example I like to use where, where the daughter's in the middle of the kitchen, looking mom in the eye and saying, F you mom, you know, what do you do? So one of the, one of the, one of the consequences, it's going to seem silly, but it actually works is, is they lose, they lose some privilege for, you know, an hour or two for whatever they did, not super long, but in order to get their privilege back, they also have to write a letter to mom. And the letter doesn't say I'm sorry because we don't believe it when they say I'm sorry. And we're not we're not worried about them being sorry. What we want is them not to swear at you. That's what mm -hmm. we care about. Um, so what they have to do is write a letter saying, Dear mom, uh, I I know that in this household, one of the rules is we don't swear at our parents. Um, and I broke that rule. And um and uh, and next time I'm feeling frustrated with you, I'm going to do X instead. And and then you coach your child as to what they do the next time they're getting frustrated. Because frustration is a problem also. Kids have to learn how to deal with frustration. A lot of them deal with it by saying, F you, mom. What they need to learn is a way to, to calm themselves down before they get to that point. And you can coach them on that. So part of the letter writing in the consequences that they have to sit down and they write the letter. They have to say, first of all, write out clearly they know this is a rule in the household that they have broken so that you know that this household has rules and second of all here's what i'm gonna do next time i'm frustrated and they're gonna roll their eyes ignore the eye rolling just ignore it don't worry about it you know you don't have to fight every battle eye rolling is just you know when your child rolls their eyes you've already won you've already won the argument at that point they're just going along with it focus on their behavior and when they and when they have that letter written then they get their thing back and they don't they don't have to like it they don't have to whatever you just say okay you did you you met the consequence and the next time the next time they do it same thing's going to happen and at some point they're going to get tired of doing the whole thing and they'll and they'll just realize that you know what they're right i you know i don't have to explode and cause this big problem yeah so, so those are those are some of the examples of 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 uh having short term task oriented consequences that are that are more effective yeah <clears throat> and i and i like that because one of the things uh when I talked about my friend and, and her son, 
you know, one of the things that I talked to her about and even him was, you know, when he would act out with her, it was his behaviors, you know, and then, you know, when I would talk to him, he'd be like, oh, well, I was mad. I was like, okay, well, then the thing that we got to do is address how you deal with your anger. You yes. know what I mean? And so that's what we're going to address. You know, I, it's, it's nothing wrong with being angry. You know, it's an emotion. We all have it. It's how we react out, how we react to that anger, how we process it and act out of it uh, is what becomes a problem. You know, it's not a problem for you to get angry. But if you get angry, start breaking stuff in the house, you know, and tearing up the house. Now we have a problem, have a you problem. know. And so we have to deal with how you work through your, your issues. And, and that was some of the things that I worked with him on, which, you know, calming yourself down. You know what I'm saying? If you feel yourself getting upset, then you already know before you get to that point, you got to start addressing it within yourself. OK, let me calm down or, you know, whatever it is, uh, mechanisms and those things. You know, again, dress, addressing the the behavior, and and I like what you what you said because uh, in the the writing of the letter, and even in the way that it's worded, it it, it does several things. Number one, it, it acknowledges the rule, you know, or whatever it is that that you're breaking. It, it acknowledges that, but then it it acknowledges their way of of uh, reacting to it and the way that they're supposed to react to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so by acknowledging all three, like okay. It, it points out the problem. It points out what you did wrong, but then it also points out, you know, how you're going to correct it. And I, I think that's great. Uh, that's a great thing. And it just takes me back. Uh, one of the things that you were talking about when you mentioned about the kids uh, having siblings that was fighting. I remember when we were younger, uh, my brother uh, and my sister, who's right over me, they used to get into it all the time. Right. They always arguing and fighting over something. And one of my things that my mom would do, and she did it with all of us, but it, it, she did it with them the most because they would get into it the most. And so she would always say, no matter what, you have to love, you know, your sisters and brothers or whatever. Yeah. So whenever you get in, they got into it, the consequences, they would have to hug and kiss each other <laughs> for whatever amount of time that she did it. So they would have to sit. if it happened in the kitchen, they have to stand in the middle of the floor of the kitchen and hug each other and kiss each other on the jaw or on the nose, wherever she told them to kiss at. And they would have to stay there and do that, you know? <laughs> I love that one. I'm going to write it, I'm writing that, writing that down. For whatever that time period was, you know? And it's like, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like you're looking at this person that you're so upset at, you know? But it's like, look, the only way we can stop hugging is if both of us kiss, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, look, just kiss me on my jaw so we can get this done with, you know? <laughs> But yeah, See, that's, that's one thing she did, man. She was like, look, you got to love each other. So you're going to stand there and you're going to hug each other and you're going to say, I love you. And you're going to kiss each other on the jaw, you know, for whatever the amount of time, you know, that she, that she gave him. But again, our, our bond as a family, uh, as you know, especially our siblings, um, from the things that my mom taught us, uh, even as adults is much stronger than, you know, some of the other, our other friends and family that we know of, you know, and I think it's because of those principles that my mom really preached, you know, and and talked to us about how we treat one another, you know? So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because that- And and it sounds like she's matter, she was thoughtful and kind of matter of fact about it, which is good because we we always tell parents that, that if yelling worked, parent would be, parenting would be easy, right? Just yell at your kid and then problem solved, but it doesn't work that way. You yell at your kid and they yell back and it just never- gets that way but you just have a you know you can as best you can stop the yelling because it doesn't work it's not effective Mm -hmm. but what is effective is that you've got you've got some real consequences and you just go business-like about it and you you know look you got to hug now you got to hug and kiss now for five minutes (laughs) right yeah and it works i'm I'm telling you it works (laughs) so um but that's a you know and and Going back to the, the rule thing in the household, that's another thing that in the households that are, where there's chaos, tell parents, write the, write the basic rules of the household down, put them on the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be 30 pages long. It's just like there's like seven or eight basic rules about no swearing, no hitting, no yeah. breaking stuff. You do you do your schoolwork before, you know, whatever time you do your chores, whatever, just whatever the basic rules are. Put them on the refrigerator. So when there's when the child's getting in trouble for something, it doesn't become an argument every time about like, you know, between you and them personally, it's just like, look, you broke the rules. Those are the rules of the household on the refrigerator. And the example I use is, is imagine if there were no speed limits, no speed limit signs anywhere. Right. 
And it's up to the police officer who pulls you over. It's up to that, you know, says, yeah, you were speeding. And the person's like, well, I wasn't speeding. Well, yeah, I think you were going too fast. No, but I don't think I was going too fast. That would, there would be an argument every single time. <laughs> Get pulled over. It's so much easier. So much easier when you go, look, the speed limit's 70 and you're going 90. That's the end of the story. And if you go, well, I, you know, I think the speed limit should be 90 that you can say, well, you know what? There's a city council meeting next week. Right. Go talk to them about it. <laughs> and it's same, same thing with the parenting. You know, we can have a council meeting in two days at five to five 30, you can come and we'll argue about whether or not swearing at mom is a good rule or not. Okay. So, so tomorrow night, you know, we'll, we'll meet, we'll sit down. We'll, we'll talk that through. You tell me what your, what your ideas are. And you know what? The kids never show up to that meeting because they don't care about that meeting. All they want is the rules not to apply to them. Right. So, but having the rules on the refrigerator says, you know, makes that statement. A that this is a household that has rules in it, and and B it 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 makes the issue between the child and the rules, and not between the child and the parent. And that that in and of itself solves a lot of conflict when when it feels like every rule is like an arbitrary decision at that moment that the that the parent's making. That that just leads to more conflict. It's so much better to have a a set of these are the these are the basic rules of the household. You broke that. You broke that rule. See, it's in the refrigerator. It was on there yesterday, and the day before, you broke that rule. And you're getting a consequence now. Yeah. And they and they they they'll start to digest that after a while. They'll realize that they live in a house that you know there are some expected responsibilities, and some basic rules, and you have and you have some order in your household. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Not, not perfect. You're still gonna have conflict. It's not completely right. perfect, but but it's better than not having any rules. Right. And <laughs> and I and I agree with you so, because that was some of the things that I did, you know, even in my household with, with raising my kids. Another thing that I learned with not only just, you know, uh mapping out directly like what the rules are, but go over the rules when there's not conflict. Like when everybody's in a good mood and everything's going good. Hey, let's let's visit this right quick. Because now we can address it when it when there's no consequence on the line. You know, there's no emotion on the line and nobody's in trouble, but we can go over this to make sure that while all of us are in this acceptable or accepting state, that we can go over this list and say, okay, these are the rules. You know it. I know it. Everybody feel good about it. Okay, cool. So now when something does happen, then it's like, hey, we just went over the rules the other day. You know what I mean? Like, so you're, you're cool with it. Then, so you already knew before we got to this point that, yeah, these are the rules. And now that you're, you're breaking them, you know? And so I, I think that's a good thing, man, to, to be able to, um, you know, set the expectations up front, you know? And, and I think that's another thing too, <clears throat> that I definitely had to address, you know, again, with, with, with my children is what is my expect? This is what I expect from you. You know, I think that's another thing too. If once, a child knows what's expected of them, uh, what how they're expected to behave or expected to, you know, operate within whatever the parameters are that you're dealing with. It makes it a little easier too, because it's like, okay, I'm not just sending you out here on a on a wild goose chase. I'm telling you exactly what I what I expect from you. You know, the reason why these rules are are in place or whatever, and it just makes it a little bit easier because the communication of it is is clear across the board you know and so yeah so we don't you know just kind of it's like picking your battles <clears throat> excuse me it's like picking your battles because you don't want to have to you know address everything you know what i'm saying because there's always going to be something but you you don't want to be fighting every day you know what i mean so it's like you gotta you gotta pick your battles <clears throat> excuse me yeah. you know what you're going to deal with and what you're not yeah, and we have we have a saying where you know explain yourself once and move on, which is you can have that meeting, you can explain what the rules are, but your child may not agree, they may not like it, they may not be able to, they may not be capable at their age of understanding why we have a you know curfew rules or or why we do have some rules about meeting, you know, meeting the parents before you get to go hang over, you know, spend the night at their house. We need to know where you're where you're spending time. Like they may not understand that, and and uh, and that's fine. They don't have to. You can explain it to them, but. And it's, and it's not a bad idea to explain to them. It's not a bad idea to listen to them, but it doesn't have to be a constant back and forth with that kids will put you through in order to, in order to wear you down with the yeah. goal of not understanding it, but the goal of getting it. So the rule doesn't apply to them. So we say, you know, right. it, it's one of our more popular articles on our website, which is explain yourself once and move on. And we give, you know, we give parents license. That's, that's what you should do. And, and, and the child, you don't have to convince your child that, that to agree with the rule that you made. They may or may not agree with it. You can take their input and there's nothing wrong with changing it. 
as kids get older, your expectations should change. Um, you know, some rules, curfews, we want our kids to be independent. We would, we would hope that if the child's meeting curfew and doing and, and acting responsibility responsibly, that you extend the curfew. Like that seems natural. You'd want to do that. Yeah. So, and we add, we advocate that the goal here is independence and you, and you don't get there by tightening things down. You get there by, by letting your kids off the leash more and more and more as much yeah. as you can. So. Yeah. 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 Man, this this has been a great uh, conversation, man. I, I, I definitely uh, appreciate having you on. Um, I want you to leave us uh, with some uh, words of uh, encouragement, or you know, uh, I don't know, words of encouragement, or just a, a tip or something that you can leave for our parents. And definitely the um, the information for your your website and your program where uh, parents can reach out to work with you. I'll give you a chance to, uh, to think about that. Um, in the meantime, um, to my listeners, I told you guys at the beginning of the podcast, I would tell you how you can win a hundred dollars from the podcast and you can win a hundred dollars from the podcast by joining our super subscriber contest. So what does that mean? That means you must subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page and our, uh, podcast on Spotify, those three spaces you have to subscribe. And then you text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 866-326-0730 to qualify to win $100 uh, from the podcast. The contest is ongoing and is random. So, man, that means once you're in, you're in. You don't ever have to, you know, reapply. And then it also means that at any time, any day, I can pull a name and that person will win $100. Just that simple. Uh, so yeah, you can win a hundred dollars, uh, from the podcast just by doing that. Also, I want you to make sure that you guys, uh, definitely go, you know, I know we talked about, uh, the product of the week, which was the forgiving me, which is the four steps to self-forgiveness. Definitely go to the, uh, ebooks by ejames.com, uh, to check that out. Also check out the other ebooks that we have available that I think, uh, it definitely has great resources. We have, um, the forgiving me, is there we have a book called males to men which is a male mentoring uh book for young men who's making the transition from uh from uh boyhood should i say into manhood and then we also have a book called um uh the core four which is the core four values that every daughter should be receiving from her father and that book is good for daughters and good for fathers because number one is let the daughters know what they should be getting but also let the father know uh, a couple of things that he should be pouring into his daughter for uh to help her grow up um as a well uh balanced young woman so again check those out um you know the uh ebooks by ejames.com and check out our ebooks uh, again, Kibble, thank you so very much uh, for being on, for sharing your expertise and your story uh, with us. Um, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I definitely enjoyed our conversation, and I'll let you have the last word. So the floor is yours. Okay. So just one thing, and this, this is to, I'm gonna follow up on your forgiveness thing. So this is something I, I tell parents a lot, is that, um, and we counsel, which is that don't take your child's behavior personally. Even when your daughter, I used this example before, even when your daughter's in the middle of the kitchen looking you in the eye and saying, F you, mom, don't take it personally. Look at it as a behavior problem. They don't know how to, they don't know how to be respectful yet. You're going to teach them. They don't know how to, they don't know how to meet their responsibilities yet. You're going to, you're going to coach them into doing that when you're, when you're in the programs like the Total Transformation Program. So don't take that behavior personally. It's not about you. It's just their behavior. And, and you will be much more effective as a parent. And when they turn their behavior around, you won't, you won't hold any grudges because you'll realize you'll be able to offer them grace and forgiveness because, because you haven't taken it personally mm -hmm. as a personal attack on them. It's just a behavior problem. So, so that's, that's, the, I always tell parents that don't take it personally, even when they say terrible things to you, no one says anything. Your family is your family says worse things to you than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I, I heard someone say, um, oh. your your family is your first bullies. Oh, um, yes. I said that like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very few strangers treat you the way their family does. <laughs> so your family go to point, and, out, point out everything that's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. And if and if you're looking for help, we're at empoweringparents.com. And you know, we, we the first thing I say is just come to our website, subscribe to our newsletter. 
and then just check out the articles and then, and then, and then hopefully if you need, you know, if you need help, we have, we have our coaching and the total transformation program. It's to help so many parents. So, and we have yeah. great success rate. And thank yeah. you, Ernest, for having me on. This has been terrific. No problem. No problem. I thank you for your expertise. Thank you for the work that you are doing. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's very important, uh, not only for our, you know, adolescents and our teens, but those, you know, young adults that's just making that transition. I think a lot of them could definitely still use the, uh, that information also. So again, to my listeners, thank you guys for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And so our mission is to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Be blessed. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right, see you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtohealtees.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.